I'm Jay Matthews, and this is AD Update. This will be an unusual episode of AD Update. Uh, it'll be the first time we haven't talked to a staff person, but someone that we've gotten to know very well just in a short time. I want to introduce to uh, everyone Tim Green. Uh, Tim, uh, I, you'll say your title better than me, but introduce <laughs> yourself to our, to our folks. You know, I think most people, Jay, would probably know me as Coach Green, uh, but my <laughs> official title is an athletics consultant for Southern Teachers Agency. So uh, the way we got to meet, I didn't know who you are. Who you, I think I knew <laughs> your name this time last year. But maybe not uh, you as a person. It's amazing uh, how time flies, but what all happens. So I knew your name. I knew a little bit of what you do. But let's start this way. Uh, what do you do and how did you start doing it? How about that? <laughs> yes, sir. So I've was a 32-year coach and athletics administrator, um, coached a lot of football and a few other sports. And uh, it's it's amazing how kind of the circle of, of your life can lead you in a lot of different directions, but you almost can end up back where you're supposed to be. And uh, when I was a head football coach, uh, and I coached over in Georgia, and I was familiar with your program for many, many years and the history that, that you all have established there. But I was a head football coach in Kentucky, and uh, one of the practices that I did every year was when we were leading up to our bye week, I would send some of my most ga uh, recent game film to three or four coaches that I trusted and respected a lot, and I would have them scout my team, and I would use their feedback uh, as we went through our bye week. Maybe it was refining the way we lined up on defense or or the way we called plays uh, on offense, sometimes maybe they would pick up things on our individual players, and we would use that week as a team and staff to get ready for our uh, district schedule. And one year I had a notion uh, to have someone scout my athletic program because I was also the athletic director. And a great friend of mine uh, came down, spent a, a, a long day with us, and his fresh eyes uh, gave me a lot of insight, just like those coaches did for my football team, gave me a lot of insight for my program. And uh, I began to think that, that no one seems to stay in the field of athletic administration as long as I did, almost 32 years in one way or the other. And I began to think if I could do something similar uh, for schools. And so uh, I decided to retire from athletic directing. And a friend of mine who owns Southern Teachers Agency uh, asked if I would come alongside that company, which primarily is a teacher placement firm, wow. uh, they they came along, if I'd come alongside that company, and, and Jay, I think I remember telling you our initial thoughts were maybe I could get three or four of these assessments a year, and the Lord blessed us, and in the first year, we sent one email, and uh, I ended up doing 13 assessments, and so I swore that uh, <laughs> I would never do 13 again. Yeah, And uh, since that time, we've uh, only sent one more email, and that was to say that we don't have any more slots because this past year, I ended up visiting 14 schools, Wow! and uh, I've only got four spots remaining for next year. So uh, it's been a great blessing. My, my retirement doesn't look like what I thought it would, but right. I have to tell you, it's led me to meet so many people. I've got so many new and dear friends from this, and it 
it gives me a chance to uh, take a field that I love and had dedicated myself to. Uh, it gives me a chance to continue using that, but instead of in a competitive way, uh, now I try to use it in a helpful way to, to help uh, athletic directors uh, because there's one AD at a program uh, at a school. There, there's no other AD at the school to turn to. A Lucky. principal of a high school, <laughs> I, that's right. A, a principal of a high school can maybe ask the principal of a middle school to, you know, for yeah. some input or something. But I know when I was an AD, I, there was nobody around to help. And uh, so that that's what I try to do and how I got to where I am today. And I, I was very fortunate to get to visit you all. And it seems like maybe I, I do help schools, but I think I'm better for every school that I visit. It helps me help the next school even more. And I, I know that um, Coach Matthews has already heard from a couple of at least one person, if not more, of people that I've said, hey, if you want to be better at this particular thing, why don't you call these guys down in Birmingham because they're doing a pretty good job there. So it's oh, it's been good for me. You're kind. Yeah. And, and also, I didn't get a chance to do it uh, this year because of my schedule, but talk a little bit about this summer summer retreat, because uh, I, I feel like that's. Yeah, it, it's it's, it's really it. it's really, really good. Um, we do two things. One is uh, designed for new and aspiring athletic directors. Uh, we call it the AD retreat. Um, and boy, we, in two days, really two and a half days, we shove every tool that we can into their toolbox. Uh, I, I had about 20 athletic directors that I was friends with and we built the, the curriculum for that retreat. And, uh, when, when the folks leave that, they are glassy eyed, they're fatigued, but they have a tremendous amount of material that, um, I would have liked to have had when I was a young athletic director. And then the second thing that we do that you mentioned specifically, actually uh, this time next week we'll be doing uh, is called the AD retreat. And it's for uh, maybe we'll say more seasoned athletic directors. We, we don't right. at my age, I don't want to say older anymore, but because that's a relative term, the older I get, the more relative old becomes, but uh, we, we, we full, uh, we're very fortunate. We, we set a goal of, 25 for the retreat and 25 for the training camp. And we're at 30 for the retreat and 26 for the training camp. And the, the hotel said, wait, you can't put any more in that room that we've got reserved for you. So we're, we're very blessed. And from all over the country, California, New Mexico, uh, Connecticut, just from all over the country. So we're, we're pretty fortunate to, to be able to help those groups of athletic directors. You know, before we get to how you came to Briarwood and how the assessment went here, uh, I wanted to kind of echo uh, last couple of years, I've been blessed to be part of a kind of a national Zoom uh, case, Dr. Hobbs, uh, and same type thing. We, you know, yeah. get on there every month, but to hear other people talk about what they do and how similar our issues are. <laughs> and then, boy, I tell you what, I always come out of, uh, I come out of those meetings monthly encouraged because yes. we're all going through the same thing. But then there's always one little nugget, and I went, "Man, that's such a simple, genius idea." Yeah. I wish I thought of it, but I'm sure you you get that all the time. No, it, it's it's pretty amazing. In the um, retreat, I will sit in every session. I've got a staff that helps me run that. I won't miss a minute because it helps me. It's going to help me. The the uh, the first school that I'm doing uh, in uh, uh, August is in Florida, and this retreat this year is going to help me when I visit that school because we have. Uh, folks, you, some of you may know Mount Perrin Christian, for instance, Mitch Jordan, their longtime AD and former football coach is coming to talk about their strength program, which you guys do a tremendous job in that area. And uh, he's coming to talk about how you can integrate that in 
uh, to the daily schedule. So uh, I have a lot of schools ask me about how can I get kids more exposure to our program. And uh, I can't wait to learn from Mitch. And uh, one thing that uh, is just such a hot topic, and I think you and I may end up talking about towards the end, is we have a professional coming in to talk about NIL. And Mm -hmm. if it's not at your school, you need to add the word yet to that because in some way or another, it's going to come. And, uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to learning at the retreat. And like you say, it's just invigorating and refreshing. And I've been doing this a long time. And it seems like the longer I do it, the more I have to learn, to be honest with you. So yeah, we ran into that uh, just this summer. So one of our team wow. candidates, uh, there was a team in from Tennessee that's uh, already yes, got thing going. And, and it was really, it was playing a whole different caliber of athlete. Um, yes, sir. So anyway. Well, there, there's a, there's a school in Alabama that I'm, I have worked with in the past. And I will tell you that they are very concerned because they have a really good player who is, maybe even today making a decision if they're going to move to Tennessee so they can have access to NIL money. Yeah. See, those so, are um, yeah. Think about the I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, this kid's already, I'm sure he was contacted by someone. Um, and, uh, you know, he could make thousands of dollars, uh, yeah. just because they've got a, uh, they call them collectives. I know you knew all this, but, uh, you know, there's a collective at this school that's about 45 to 50 minutes from him. And uh, he's got an opportunity to make some money, and it's all legal. It's not going to affect his amateur status, so he can go on and play college. But anyway, we'll mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. So I don't want to spend too much time on the Briarwood uh, assessment. Uh, I, I think maybe start with you know, you know how how you got connected to us. Some of the some of the different scenarios that are going on at schools that bring you in. Yeah, I've got the four domains for improvement that you guys Correct. kind of highlight report. I was going to give you just as a part of our ongoing deal, uh, kind of a, you know, some immediate things we've done since you've been here, uh, which I think is always a positive. And then, and then I really do. I think the most healthy part of our discussion for the viewers sake would be trends that you see that we all need to be aware of. So, so what, what got you to Briarwood? What, what led you? You know, I I get called uh, for really, three primary reasons and uh, i know one of the three i enjoy and one of the three i don't enjoy and the other's pretty common some sometimes i'm called and this is common and it doesn't really i wouldn't say it's good or bad when there's a transition maybe it's in the last year of an athletic director's tenure or early on in a new athletic director's tenure and i'll, I'll have someone call uh, sometimes i get called when i don't necessarily enjoy it is when there are real problems, when there are major issues, uh, maybe a head of school or an AD will call and say, look, can you come give me some help? The reason I was called to Briarwood is uh, just a spirit of wanting to be the best we can be. And those are the ones I like the best because I, sometimes I find significant issues, not often, but more commonly um, I come in and kind of help refine. And I remember when I was driving home the first night after your visit, I, I called my wife as I uh, usually do. Um, and she asked me about the school. And I, I said, this is a, a fantastic school. I said, the best part of it is they have people who know what they do are doing. And hopefully I can find something to help them. You know, coach, you, you've coached a lot of football and 
the the final inches are the hardest ones to gain. And I actually think I put that in your assessment in the introduction. Yeah. I don't get to put that in there very often. I yeah. usually I have to take big leaps with schools. Uh, but those those final inches are the hardest one. And that's I enjoy those kind because uh, those are the ones that challenge me. When I come into a school that that hasn't had great leadership athletically, it's you know all the things I run into. They don't have handbooks. They don't have hiring practices. They don't have any way to make their coaches better. A lot of schools that I go into don't even have a uniform rotation plan, and yeah. uh, they'll try to order uniforms that come in halfway through a season because they didn't have a plan. Um, that's easy for me, frankly. It may sound like it's more work, but those are, are the easy ones. The ones that really challenge me is what can I suggest that can move that needle and make them better. And, and so uh, that, that's why I was called to take a look and say, hey, we've had a great history of success here. Um, how can we be even better? And um, so, so that's how I ended up there. Yes, sir. Well, it was such a great process. You know, you surveyed folks, you talked mm-hmm. to students, you had individual meetings with coaches and parents. You looked at a ton of documents. Uh, that that was my least favorite part of just <laughs> right. all the, the numbers you needed. The business it's tedious. <laughs> uh, and so there was a, really a long fall of work before you even came in. But right. uh, ultimately, you wrote a report. It was shared with our superintendent, the board. I think you wrote a, a, a letter uh, kind of outlining. But you, know, you found four domains for Briarwood. Uh, that we addressed with our athletics assessment team for the school board, uh, updates and additions to the athletics facilities, mm-hmm. uh, continued refinements and communications, mm-hmm. uh, needed training and evaluation improvements for coaches. And then I think one that's kind of a constant one is value and support for all sports, you know, of all the sports teams, male and female, uh, in the athletics program. Yes, sir. And uh, and so we we then developed from your assessment, you know, some immediate and long range, long range goals about that. But as I mentioned, those four uh, and here's what's interesting. I don't know if you remember the very first time you and I resumed way back as the process started. I said, well, typically, what do you find? And I think you hit at least on two of those, you know, <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Yeah. I know it's common, but but based on me, <laughs> I find those four four main domains there were a lot of a lot of comments and we picked up some things but anything about that before i talk a little bit about some of the things we've done immediately yeah no you know it, it's um facilities are constant and uh i remember going to a really great school uh, they have wonderful facilities but in you talked about the zoom meetings before i ever come they kept referring to the new gym and uh so I didn't know when it was built at the time. And I remember walking on campus and I went into a gym that was clearly old. I went into a second gym that I thought was, I don't know, 20 or 25 years old. It didn't strike me as new. And we were about to leave the gym and, you know, foot and mouth disease can get us all sometime. But uh, the person who's giving me the tour said, well, let's go out and take a look at the fields. And I said, oh, I said, let's, let's see the new gym first. And they, they stopped and said, well, this is the new gym. And, you know, I thought, Oh gosh. And he said, well, you know, it's new to us because it's new. I said, well, how old is it? And, you know, he, he said it's 25 years old. And, and, you know, I see so many of these things, Jay, I, I noticed that the, the, 
things have changed with ADA compliance since then. And they didn't right. have some of the hand railing that was needed because the bleachers were old. And, right. you know, so, so everything's relative, but facilities are something you consistently have to plan for and you always have to update. So I do see that regularly. And, and communication is one that has such a, it's such a big umbrella, uh, you know, and it's changing uh, the value 10, 15 years ago, we had no concerns about anything other than an, a website. Right. Now, you, uh, I was at a school recently, and I met with the parents, and they were talking about how terrible the communications, how the social media platforms were for their school. So I made a note in my notes um, to, to go back and think about, and when I met with the students in a later meeting, I asked about um, communication, social media, expecting them to say, yeah, you know, we just don't really do anything. Jay, I promise they said, oh, it's great. We love it. it. It threw me so much. I had to go back. And as I listened, I flipped back through my notes and I had to continue asking, well, tell me why you like. Can you give me some examples of, of why you think it's so good? Well, I found out that there was a difference between the parents wanted a more robust Facebook offering. The students yeah. don't care at all about Facebook. They right. want Instagram or, or whatever. And, and so, you know, you learn things about communications and how trying to keep a handle on that is so, and there's so many variables. You've got a lot of teams, a lot of coaches, and you have to make sure you stay on top of it. So, so those two, when you mentioned the four, all four, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Valuations are always, it's a tough one um, because we talk about controllable and uncontrollable. You can't help it if you've got a full football stadium and not many people come to another event that you host. Uh, and sometimes it looks like maybe you don't care, but you, you can't control how much is in the newspaper, local media. But we have to make sure that, that we're giving those teams the, the care they deserve because um, that sport is just as important to them as maybe that football player, as football is to that football player. So you, you touched on those four, and I think you're right. I, I appreciate the way you frame those for me. I'd love to hear about what you've done. Yeah, so between working with our interim superintendent and our school board and with uh, Sarah Wilson, our women's athletics director, we we actually you know pulled together a presentation. We went for the committee. So I was just going to give you a quick rundown since you've been here uh, under facility enhancements additions. That's actually the hardest one, believe it or not, for us because yes. one of our uh, uh, one of our board members mentioned you know, what you don't get to see, and it's true, is that, you know, you just get a slice of where we are now. So, you right. know, uh, five years ago, you know, there were so many things we didn't have. You know, we didn't have an apparel uh, agreement. You know, we we just put a turf field down. You know, we didn't have any branding on the campus. We didn't have any digital ticketing. And, you know, so, you know, you, you're capturing us where we are, and then yeah. basically we'll stay in touch and review. But, uh, we do have a board-approved master plan. There's not a ton of athletics on it, but at least gives us some insight of what the future capital needs are going to be. Uh, I've always believed in continual improvement, small things, you know, so, so branding. Probably the most significant thing we've done this summer, we've added uh, high-density storage, the kind of rolling shelves. That yes, sir. Called. We're going to be moving in that this summer. Those are great. Um, you know, and so – those are, you know, I always feel like continuous improvement where we can. The, right. the your projects 20,000 and under, we generally can get done through boosters and support, but then the bigger capital things, we just kind of get in the queue, you know. Right. But, 
I do think we're going to see improved women's locker facilities um, and some multi-purpose space uh, at some point uh, as far as our next big capital deal with the school. Yeah, you know, one thing you and I spoke about is you you always want to have a quick answer from when someone says, "I want to give you a million dollars." What we do with it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you know, those don't happen. <laughs> uh, rarely, uh, rarely do they yeah. happen. But it, it, you know, I'm I'm glad that you guys have taken those steps and you you have you know what you're gonna uh, do next. And and it's just a, a constant, ongoing thing because, gosh, when you have that new gymnasium, somebody can come in and think, "Well, where's the new gymnasium?" You know, it happens so quickly. Happened so quickly. Under communication, uh, so we com- we immediately changed our social media Twitter policy. We're starting with Twitter. Mm-hmm. So what we had done uh, in previous administration, we just gone to one Twitter site for all of athletics, mm-hmm. and it just became a big sieve. You know, yeah. so yeah. Uh, as of June one, now we have an individual Twitter account for every varsity sport, and that's already paying off because there right. are things junior high accolades and things like that, that we just couldn't push through the main site right. that we can reference. And we were going to do that with our other sites as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this AD update uh, was a part of that, you know, just, uh, you know, my desire for the AD update is to highlight our staff in such a way that if a new person comes to Briarwood and they want to know what our girls basketball coach is like, then go to her episode, listen to it, get her background and, That's great. Uh, I'm making a note to actually watch that myself. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, it's funny. We just, we hired a new assistant uh, girls coach and I, I met with him and I actually gave him the link to the podcast on his new head coach. And, you know, you can learn more about a person, you know, at that point, you know, so it's been good. It, I think that's our, great. Actually, viewership has been really surprising uh, or listenership, I think is the right term. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Under uh, the training and evaluation improvements for coaches, I thought this is pretty cool. So we, every Thursday, we have professional development because our school doesn't start till nine. Right. Uh, our school is going to give athletics uh, one, per, one of those days per month just to do coaching uh, training and, uh, you know, uh, different types of things. We're going to bring in some veteran coaches and that's great. We're going to invite the regular faculty to sit in as well, because they can learn from that. But I was extremely happy with that. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And then we're developing our own because of some of the unique things about Briarwood, we're kind of developing our own curriculum as well. And uh, I think I can announce this. I've got a friend that's given me access to his archives, coach Bryant, uh, things that people don't know about him. And I was going to use some coach Bryant quips and so forth. It's kind of fun things to look at and talk about as coaches. You know, it's a little that's bit great. Be fun. That's awesome. That, that's fantastic. And then, and then finally uh, value and support for all sports teams. And and we could talk about this. I think this is always a constant challenge in the South where football's kind of King and the culture. Yes, but uh, so the first one was your uh, recommendation, the change of the reporting structure of the AD to the superintendent. So that happened mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, so our AD now is a direct report to the superintendent. And right. we've already seen benefits of communication with that. Okay. Um, we've redefined some of our roles within an athletic administration, make it a little more clear and clean. Um and uh, and I do think that even the changes to the communications at least is going to try to, to try to highlight that. I, I do think yeah. the fact that we 
named a women's athletics director a few years ago, and she's just been terrific. Yeah, she's great. Is a help. So anyway, that's that's my immediate report. Those are the immediate things we've done. We've already seen uh, improvements, I think, already. And of course, I think the the positive message has gotten out about the assessment. There, there's still a few people there that, you know, they hear rumors or whatever, and they'll meet with me and say, "I heard y'all just got torn up in that assessment." And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, that's not the case. Things we need to improve on, and we have to have a growth mindset. Yeah, but yeah. We're, we're that, you know, I, I will tell you, unfortunately, there are assessments that are very challenging that I write. Um, but no, that's that's not the case there. Yeah. Good. And and one thing I'd like to note based on I wrote a little note here, uh, I think it's critical that the athletic director does report to the uh, the top person, the superintendent, because your program goes across all three divisions. It involves right. so many different things that, uh, that there can be something lost uh, if, if they're not answering to the right person in the structure. So I'm, I'm glad that happened as well. Hey, I'm just looking at my notes. I did miss one thing. This will make you happy. Uh, we have taken one of our coaches and we're paying him a stipend. He's going to become the youth sports coordinator. Oh, great. Great. Uh, yeah. Year one, he's just going to study the existing structure, going to 10 games, talk to folks, almost like an assessment like you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, starting year two, we're going to begin looking at what are some, you know, things we can do that make that change or whatever. And then we want to have a short-term, long-term plan for, Right. That. So I know I know that you had put it that in there. It didn't end up showing up on the domain, but uh yeah. uh the the again our interim superintendent and I felt like that would be one that we'd be smart to go ahead and jump on, especially because our campuses are separated. That's you know? right. That that was the primary reason why I put that in there, Jay. They they felt like it was uh kind of separate. I, I think that's fantastic, man. I, I'm glad you guys are, are doing these things and can't wait to see, you know, how it transpires in the future. Yeah. And really this podcast, Tim, is designed this whole thing's been transparent. Uh we're we're not trying to hide anything. You know, mm-hmm. I have no I have no problem confessing I need improvement or program right. needs improvement. And then I think you found the assessment process to be we were you you had nothing we were hiding from you, correct? No, no, no. It was When I go to schools quite often, I don't want to say every time but because it's not true, but, but very often the athletic directors are very defensive because they don't know me, you know, especially if they're head of school called. I, about 25 to 30 percent of the time I actually get the call from the AD asking for help. But more than that, you know, 65, 70, 75 percent of the time it's from a head of school. And so the AD at first until they know that it, in my heart is to help in any way that I can. And from from day one, um, I felt like we had partnered because like I tell people, I'm only successful if you guys are better for me being there. If you're not better for me being there, then I'm not successful. So, uh, no, you guys were, were great. And, and you and I have stayed in touch and we text fairly regularly yeah, uh, about yeah. these things. And I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I'm planning, I'm hoping looking at my schedule, I'm really hoping to come down and even watch uh, some games this fall to catch a football game and some of the other things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you and I, I think, become friends because we're yes, so and all. So we've so been let's... through a lot of the same battles together <laughs> <laughs> over um, the years. So. And I think that's why this next piece is is really the reason I wanted to do this more than anything. So our problems are not unique. You know, right. they're internal things. Of course, it's human beings. It's sin. It's you know, 
but culturally, you know, and, and athletics is a strange animal, you know, especially as it fits within the mission of a Christian school in particular. Right. It is. And then, you know, travel sports and school sports are two right. different things. You know, they're, they're yeah. different objectives. The, what you ask for the coaches are two different things. So I'm going to stop talking. You're going into all these schools. What are some of those common trends, things that we need to be aware of? You know, not just all negative, but positive. Sure. Sure. Give us some, give us some, give us some view from above and what you're seeing across the board. Sure. You know, one of the only negative trends that that stands out to me that you just mentioned is the blurring of the goals for our school's athletic program. Um, in my lifetime, I've seen an emphasis on winning almost become a win at all cost uh, approach. And, you know, we have you hear things about recruiting and, and we talked about NIL. Uh, you know, it's definitely blurring those lines. And it, it's when I see schools that are trying to use a word co-curricular uh, for its athletic program, when you go too far over, hey, that's not to say that you shouldn't be as good as you can be, but you have to make sure that you have the compass in place that's keeping in mind that you're supposed to be there because it's educational. And then you all add the Christian component too, which should trump everything. Right. And, um, you know, we've, one of my dear friends is the superintendent of a, a Christian school and he's shocked at how often he gets arrows thrown at him because he won't let them practice on Sunday, maybe before a, a big game is on uh, a Monday, maybe a tournament game or something. And he, he said, you know, look, we're, we're here to serve Christ first. And so it, it's a battle. And, and some schools do that. Others don't. But, you know, it, it means something to him. But I think that would be a negative. As far as some things that I see coming, uh, one thing that struggle that I know you um, have or will battle in some way is people are leaving the field of officiating games and record numbers. And yes. while we – and yeah, while we have uh, assigners at most schools, you know, you you don't have to call officials for every game. You have someone that, that does that. Uh, I'm very, very concerned. And official young people are, are saying, you know, it's not the money. The school places are raising how much they pay them. It's they don't want to invest the time to a degree, but they also don't want to put up with the backlash of being yelled at by parents. And so, so that's a real concern for me. And now I bring that up as a direct relation to schools is it's happening for coaches. Uh, it's harder and harder to attract and retain coaches. And I didn't even put the word good in front of the word coaches. Uh, just, uh, you know, if you, you may have a high profile sport that you're really good at, that you can attract a varsity head coach, but think about trying to find a middle school coach or a middle school assistant coach. And you're paying them next to nothing only to get chewed out by a parent when they're doing their very best that they can. It's, it's certainly a challenge. So, I am seeing um, that as a challenge for schools. Uh, I mentioned earlier the the NIL. Um, you know, that's something that we have to prepare for and what that's going to look like and how does that fit into our program? How's it going to fit into the program down the street? Maybe that down the street is a, a public school. Maybe it's a private school, you know, whatever. But how are we going to make sure this all meshes together for us? So so that's something that, that I'm seeing schools deal with Um I, I helped a school in Virginia who, when well, actually I kind of helped work with some folks in the state of Virginia, they were losing kids to Maryland and DC. And so they quickly had to put an NIL uh, uh, policy in place. So now those kids maybe won't 
go uh, across the border uh, and play. But uh, the last one is we touched on it earlier. Uh, I haven't done this since December, but in December I had a, a stretch where I had about three weeks, which was the longest stretch I had all year without having an assessment. And um, so I went back through all the assessments I'd done at the time and the number one most common recommendation had to do with the topic of communications and uh, how that changes almost daily. What it means to be on top of your communication doesn't mean just uh, uh, putting something on a website. It doesn't just mean emailing or using Team Snap or texting. Uh, or now it doesn't just mean Facebook. Now all of a sudden we've got TikTok and, or excuse me, Twitter and um, uh, Instagram. I mean, it's constantly changing. And what those promotion of those players should look like uh, is just evolving. So the schools that figure that out, how they're going to promote those players, how they're going to support them in their goals, how they're going to make them feel valued, whether it's, uh, and I'm going to use a sport, not because it's not valued, but, but like a golf, uh, I use golf because they don't, a golf team doesn't practice or play one second on their campus. It's all off campus. And uh, to compare that with a team like volleyball that is always on campus, except for a few away games, it's really hard to manage the the umbrella of communication. So, so those three, the, the, the keeping the good coaches, keeping them trained, keeping them engaged, not losing them. And then when you do have a, uh, an opening, how you do, how do you attract a coach? The uh, NIL and then the communication just constantly staying on top of that are three of the probably most common and biggest trends that I see facing schools today. Yeah, you're so right. Um, I, I've had some some conversations uh, in, in, in about, you know, you have a coach who's a name brand or who has the, yeah. uh, you know, the – uh, I don't know what you would call it, the charisma or the the aura that we kind of see today in the so-called celebrity coach and celebrity pastor, you know. Yeah, sure. sure. And uh, I, I told him, I said, even Nick Saban loses in comparison to the unicorn that exists in the netherworld. You know, we – Yeah. Well, I, I get concerned sometimes we're not valuing our people enough and we're not – we're not valuing what they bring because it may not fit what they're seeing with the average travel coach or they're not seeing on TV weekend and weekend. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. And you can look into the business world and there are all kinds of statistics available on the cost and the effectiveness of training and improving someone that you already have versus the gamble of bringing someone else in. And, and I, I, one of my favorite, no, no, I shouldn't use the word favorite, probably one of my worst examples, uh, but one that I can give that you'll relate to. Uh, we had a, a, a an opening for a, a premier sport coach. I'm in, I live in Kentucky. It was boys basketball. Yeah, yeah. And, and we hired a local coaching legend uh, who had retired from the public school uh, setting and we were able to attract him. It was a disaster. You know, what had made him successful and outstanding didn't translate well to my school. Interesting. And, um, you know, so so on top of um, the thing about, you know, finding good coaches, sometimes you can find one that you think's a home run and they just whiff. Um, you know, I, I'm, I was a Braves fan growing up and I used to love Del Murphy and hate Del Murphy in the same game because uh, <laughs> it felt like if Del Murphy, if we if the Braves won eight to two, it's because Del Murphy hit two home runs. Well, that's why they scored eight runs. 
But when they lost two to ones because he struck out three times, you know, well, if he had hit his home runs, they would have won. But it's that 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 kind of limbo that you can find yourself in. Uh, and, and it's certainly a challenge um, as you set your culture and standard to what you want out of your kids and the expectations they have to be exceptional. Finding that niche for them to be successful is, is just so important. That can come down to coaching and support programs and all the other things. So. Sure. Tim, you've been a great value to to me personally, to our program. We're going to stay in touch. Yes, sir. Uh, I hope this, you know, those that listen to this will see, you know, what that evaluation process, though it's not easy, is important. And then, of course, uh, the challenge on us then is to keep a growth mindset. Right. We can get better. We need to get better, uh, you know. And then there's a fine line between contentment knowing that you are where you are and to keep right. moving versus complacency. Oh, and it's an enemy. Yeah. If you can, right. if you could help us all with that, uh, even in my personal life, but we, we appreciate you praying for your ministry. Look forward to having you down, but I do appreciate you taking time uh, to share with our folks today about uh, what you do. Well, there's at least one lion in Kentucky. Uh, so, uh, wearing yes, the hat uh, yes sir oh, <laughs> i got in trouble the first day i wore that uh, I, I wore it to a game here and I, I took a ribbon from some of my former coaches at my old school but i wear it regularly yes sir well yes, tim sir. green thank you so much and uh we look forward to hearing from you soon thanks nice talking to you at briarwood christian school in birmingham alabama and each episode of this podcast is dedicated to our coaches, volunteers, and other staff members who help us wrestle with what it means to be a Christian, competitive athletics program in contemporary society. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of AD Update.